Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is The Guardian. Welcome to Save for Later from Guardian Australia, a podcast about online culture and the tabs our brains can't close. I'm Alex Foreman. And I'm Michael Sun. Today on the show, we are talking about something. It's not a kink. I promise you, it's not a kink. It's a coping mechanism. We're going to be talking about age regression, aka my favourite topic, baby voices. Some people kind of like take drugs, some people drink to deal with stress and their way of dealing with stress is to kind of do these childlike activities, like drink out of a sippy cup. It's just doing the same things you would have done at that age, but as an adult. But before we talk about that and plunge the depths of Reddit, I do have an incredibly existential question for you from... Of course, Twitter, the place where all good questions go to live and die. The only place where big questions are asked. The only place where dumb, stupid, inane questions can blow up and attract millions, thousands, hundreds of thousands of replies. Yeah, like an important distinction between a Twitter question and a Reddit question is on Reddit, I find quite often if the mods are good, your question will be quite good and will receive lots of very thoughtful answers. When I'm on Twitter, I don't want to see thoughtful answers, but I do have a question to bring you that I hope you can give me a thoughtful answer to. This is a tweet that went viral, viral over the weekend. It's from a guy called Ryan Nixon and it opens, my mates and I are having the stupidest debate. Already promising. Do you think there are more doors or wheels in the world? And it's a poll as well. Strong instinctive answer, wheels. Strong contrarian answer from me instinctively, doors. <laughs> I was hoping you would oh. say wheels because when I saw this tweet, I was like, it's doors. It's doors. So how viral viral are we talking here, Michael? How many people are diving in? In the course of about 18 hours, it's now gotten almost 200,000 votes on this poll. And I'm seeing this tweet like come up on my timeline so, so, so frequently. There are people who are positing, you know, incredibly rational answers, people logically trying to work their way through this question. That is not what this podcast is about. That is not the way my brain works, at least, Alex. Rational is not a word that's in the dictionary of my brain. But tell me, why do you think there are more wheels in the world? There are very few things that only have one wheel. You know, an office chair, which there are many, many of in the world, 
that's got four wheels minimum, maybe five wheels. If we're thinking about a car, like, yeah, it's got four doors, five if you count the boot as well, but it also has five wheels, steering wheel and the five that it moves on. So I feel like you can't have a single wheel, whereas there are plenty of things, like for instance, a microwave, which by the way, also has a wheel inside it, that only have one door. First of all, I'm just going to tell you that a car has an equal number of wheels, two doors. Um, a car, Are you counting the boot as a door? <laughs> a car definitely has five doors. The boot is a door. But I want to talk about this idea of, you just said that there's a, there's a wheel inside a microwave. By which definition is there a wheel inside a microwave? The thing that the food spins around on is a wheel. Not a wheel, a plate. It's a, a wheel. Plate, it a is plate. definitely a wheel. Uh, no, it rotates. I've decided. A lazy Susan is a wheel. The thing inside a microwave is a wheel. I've decided that I'm going to be. It's a circle. It's a wheel. (laughs) I've decided that I'm going to be a wheel purist today for no reason other than contrarianism. I count a wheel as only the pure Sumerian sense of the word. It's the 5000 BC spinning thing connected to an axle and then connected to a piece of transport for the purposes of transportation. But the wheel inside a microwave is connected to an axle. It's not for transportation purposes, and therefore I'm not counting it as a wheel. It is for transportation purposes. It transports (laughs) the food around and around in the microwave. (laughs) But actually, this kind of delving into kind of definitions is what makes this debate like very much in the canon of dumb internet debates, because I feel like all really stupid viral debates are essentially about how you define things. So I'm thinking, for instance, about that age-old is a hot dog a sandwich that resurfaces every five minutes. Just to be clear, a hot dog is a sandwich. Like, that's not actually Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay, great. We're on the same page. Moving swiftly onwards. Yes, no, the people people who think it's not are incorrect. Or, like, uh, the question that was presented in graphic form and really set the internet alight circa 2016 if a dog wore pants, would he wear them like this or like this? And it features two crude illustrations of a dog in blue jeans. In one illustration, the dog is wearing blue jeans across all four of his legs. And in the other illustration, the dog is wearing blue jeans only on his back legs. Sorry, but my dog does wear pants sometimes. And it's definitely on the back legs. Like, just, again, not a debate. Like, these are all no, but extremely obvious things that, that the internet no, no, wants I to turn disag- into a debate. I completely disagree <laughs> about that because that is also a definitional debate. If you believe that trousers are things that you wear on your legs, then actually the answer is that the trousers that encompass all four of the dog's legs are how the dog would wear trousers, which is obviously completely wrong and horrifying on so many levels. A pair of trousers (laughs) is a pair for a reason. There has to just be two and it goes on the back end. (laughs) Personally, I call the two front legs of my dog his arms. Uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, But I want to return for a second to the wheel and the door. I've given my thoughts that I'm a wheel purist. However, I want you to know that I am by no means a door purist. And I, in fact... Okay, yeah. (laughs) I want to hear your argument for why because apparently logic doesn't play into it. So... Let's hear you vibe on doors. I, in fact, feel like I treat doors almost as a metaphorical concept. What is a door? A door is simply an entry into another space. Is a movie a door into another universe? Question mark. I'd say it's more of a portal. <laughs> is education a door to success? 
Is birth a door to death? <laughs> Many questions coming up here. I feel like you can, you can apply the concept of a door to almost anything. And I want to bring up a tweet again. Another tweet. Um, this is one from James Hennessy, famous Australian writer, who has asked this question in his group chat and has said it alive. And someone has replied with an astounding piece of logic or lack of logic saying, wheels are merely a piece of human technology. Doors predate technology and are primal, even celestial in nature. That for me is case closed. (laughs) But see, no, no, absolutely not case closed. This wins the argument for wheels. The weight of human creations now exceeds the weight of all biomass in the world. We have thoroughly and to horrific effect dominated nature. The fact that wheels are a human invention is why there are probably more of them. Yeah, you could argue that the entrance to a cave is a door in some ways, but have we not created more things on this earth than we have left untouched? I'm just amazed, Alex, that you haven't really extended the definition of wheel beyond its most functional definition because I did see a lot of tweets being like, but what even is a wheel? Do all doors have wheels in them? Well, I was going to say, <laughs> and I was going to close on, mm. my, my trump card there is that any door made by a person probably has a wheel within it because there's a wheel mechanism that makes like a pull-down handle pull down. Any kind of a sliding or gliding door has wheels within it. There are hidden, there are wheels within so many things that you wouldn't think about that humans have created. A hinge is not a wheel. I'm not, no, a it's not A knob is not a wheel. A cog is not a wheel. No, there's a, a gear a wheel is not a wheel. In, there's a wheel inside. A cog is a wheel. A gear is a wheel. I simply refuse to learn about basic engineering. Um. <laughs> so this debate is about definitions as so many viral debates are, but it's also like so general. And I think that's why people are kind of obsessed with it, right? Like we've all seen a wheel, we've all seen a door, we can all take a vibe on that in much the same way as we've all maybe worn trousers or put some on our dogs. (laughs) Aside from the kind of universal appeal, why do you think people are obsessed with these kinds of trivial, I would say, stoner arguments? Well, first of all, I mean, I personally just love discourse. I love a dialectic. Like, I love winning an argument or not even winning, but spending an overly long amount of time saying insane things about an argument. Um, but also, What do you think Hegel would say about wheels versus <laughs> You know what? I think Hegel would be proud of our dialectic today. And that's all I want from this podcast is to make philosophers proud. What I want to know is of the over 200,000 people who voted in the Twitter poll, Let's family feud this. We both stand by our opinions, but I want to know, what does the public think? I'm checking this for you live on this podcast because I, in fact, in an effort to remove all popularity bias from my mind, did not click on the poll to see who voted for what, but I will look at it right now. Drum roll, please. That's a drum roll. Love it. I'm voting on I'm voting on my preferred answer doors clicking. The wheels are on 53.5%. The doors. That's right, baby. The people are with me. 46.5%. But with 200k votes currently cast, there are two hours left on this poll at time of record. Will I make it? Check the show notes to find out. You will not. Next up, have our childhoods been stolen from us and are we stealing it back? 
Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Today on the podcast, Charlotte Colombo joins us. She's an entertainment and digital culture journalist with bylines in the Daily Dot, Rolling Stone, Teen Vogue, and many more. Charlotte, hello. Hi, thanks for inviting me. You are an expert in all things internet and stunted youth, two things that often go hand in hand. Charlotte, we loved your article, but tell us, how did you actually get interested in age regression? How did you actually find out about this phenomenon? So for me, actually, uh, although my article kind of focuses on Reddit, I found it through TikTok. Yeah, you are on little TikTok. And if anybody else wants to be on little TikTok, comment, like, follow, share the video. With the TikTok age aggressors, it was like the tip of the iceberg. Oh, OMG, they have Bluey. You know I have to get her. Wish I had space for a dollhouse. From seeing it on TikTok, like, um... I did think, oh, there's probably a subreddit. There's a subreddit for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Going off in a little rabbit hole from there, really. We're accepting of everybody here. We're all really nice people. So interact with the video if you want to be on little TikTok. I promise you, you're going to have a great time. Charlotte, I feel like I have to admit that when I first read your article, I was like, this is so cursed. This is just people doing baby voices for no discernible reason. But... As I made my way through the article, I was like, oh, like there is actually something a little bit more serious going on here. So, like, what does age regression actually look like for people who participate in the community? Age regression is basically a kind of like coping mechanism. And there's two types from psychologists I spoke to for the piece. It's two types. You can have a involuntary age regression where it's kind of something people do in response to a trauma or then there's people who voluntarily regress where it's kind of they're like okay I'm going to regress now and then they go into that kind of mindset. Basically I regressed to a much younger age than him so I'm like around the ages of like four like the earlier ages whereas he regresses to like six to like 10 11 right. When someone age regresses it's kind of like they go into a sort of the same consciousness but into sort of like the mindset and capabilities of like a younger person. I feel like I'm mentally regressing, but I feel very little. Like there's a part of me that's very little. Um, I call her little Bianca. It can kind of be stuff like uh, watching cartoons or uh, coloring or doing kind of like childlike activities and sort of like, it's a lot about how they communicate. So some age regressors have a uh, caregiver and part of that is kind of needed because they're communicating at the same level as like, you know, say they aggressed a four-year-old, they would need to kind of like, wouldn't be able to express what they're thinking and feeling as they were a four-year-old. So dressing up in kind of like a childlike clothes and uh, a lot of people get like pacifiers, like adult pacifiers. So it's like a sort of self-soothing kind of like, it's just doing the same things you would have done at that age, but as an adult. When would they actually regress? Are we talking it's like a few hours? Is it just like whenever it's needed? What's the time commitment like? So for a 
people who kind of involuntary regress some people I spoke to it was literally sort of every single evening it happened they couldn't really help it some people kind of set a time to regress for some people it's kind of like they go outside all day and then they kind of live their adult life and then when they're home in evenings or weekends just like when they're in a position where they can sort of shut off from day-to-day life so again maybe it could be evenings weekends you know sometimes if they uh, you know have less of a flexible nine-to-five pattern they can do it more often for those who involuntarily regress like you know they first picked up on their involuntary regression when it happened in situations they wouldn't necessarily choose it so like regressing you know were in public when they wouldn't really want to but for people I spoke to in the article it was kind of like a few times a week if not every evening so when I've had a really stressful day, sometimes all I feel like doing is playing video games and eating mac and cheese, which is obviously a children's food. How is that sort of stress response of like, oh, I just can't, I'm feeling overloaded, different from age regressing? Or is that kind of feeling of I just want to play video games and eat mac and cheese actually sort of the same as what the age regressors you spoke to are experiencing? I think for some of them, it is kind of like a similar thought process, but like the next level. So I guess, for example, uh, for some of the age regressors, like um, say they were regressing to, again, a four-year-old, it would be a case of like someone would have to make that food for them, you know, make sure they eat it properly. And then I guess uh, the video game they play would be something that, a four-year-old play like or a very simplistic childlike activity which we wouldn't necessarily find interesting like I guess I've almost encountered this rise in a return to these younger forms of video gaming I mean I'm talking about how during the multiple lockdowns we experienced at least in Australia and during the pandemic as a whole um, we've seen you know the huge boom of, of, of games like Animal Crossing and we've seen a lot of other things just in society at large which point to a return to a childlike mindset over the past two years. Do you think the pandemic has kind of exacerbated the amount of people who are adopting either practices or this entire lifestyle of age regression as a whole? The age regression subreddit existed for a number of years before the pandemic, but the vast majority of its membership kind of joined and flooded in since the pandemic started. So there's definitely like a correlation between age regression and the pandemic. And it makes a lot of sense because as you said, like um, there's a lot of messed up stuff going on and uh, a lot of people are kind of turning to kind of mindfulness coloring and general sort of like more simplistic childlike activities and I guess in a way like um, you're not able to go out and be independent in lockdown you're kind of stuck inside all day so I guess again I think for me especially when I was in lockdown I was like with my parents so like um, you do sort of almost a little bit regress back to when you were well in my case I was a teenager I was like shut up mum <laughs> I do think it's kind of safe to say there's a link there. What is it about Reddit that has kind of fostered this subculture like what is it about the mechanics of that platform particularly that make people feel like a sub is a safe space to talk about this? It's very very easy to kind of on the one hand you can make posts you can kind of 
share images and you can share your stuffed toy collection you've got advice about where to buy kind of adult age aggression stuff and by that I mean sort of like adult sized you know pacifiers that kind of thing and like oh what do I do if my parents find out I'm age regressing so uh, I think that the fact that like people are anonymous is definitely a very big contributing factor pretty much nobody I spoke to wanted to divulge their real identity age aggression is quite stigmatized so for a lot of people uh, the only way they can freely express it is through an anonymous platform like reddit and a lot of people from that subreddit break away into a discord server and again similar thing having that anonymous username is really kind of like the main drawing point added with the fact that it's like a niche community designed for a very specific topic area basically. Just picking up on that concern about what to do if your parents find out that you're age regressing, that suggests to me that a lot of the people who are engaging in this subculture are themselves still very young. Um, Is that the case? I was quite surprised actually. A huge number of people um, who kind of came forward to be interviewed were like sort of, you know, pre-teenage I didn't really expect that to be honest so that was something that surprised me a little bit um and I think for a lot of people as well it's kind of like in those who are obviously of age it's like a kind of like their workplace is finding out or like their in-laws being another big one and um a lot of people like their partners are in the know but like for some of them they met their partners through the age aggression community some of them like kind of like their partners sort of found out later on supported them others kind of like they try and keep their partner separate from the age aggression so they're a bit embarrassed and ashamed by it it's all kinds of different dynamics and I think a lot of it is just again like having that hard binary between their age aggression life and having an outlet to explore that what sort of backlash do these um, the people who have kind of gone public with it and become age regression influencers face? Because I imagine there's a big reason why so many people do not want to be known for it. From people I did speak to, some of them did experience death threats and like um, genuine like full threats to their lives. And so I think that's definitely a big reason why a lot of them were scared to go public. And uh, the way that kind of trolls especially are, uh, engaging in kind of a doxing and uh, that kind of issue would be why that a lot of them stay anonymous. I'm interested in the kind of psychological implications of this, right? Because I feel like we've talked about the stigma that um, people who engage in age regression might face. And I think a part of that is because to an external observer just looking in, it feels like some of these practices might seem a little bit, quote unquote, unhealthy. So for example, like there's someone quoted in your article who says that he needs someone who's a girlfriend and a mummy, which I think to someone encountering this for the first time, like that just sounds like it could be like a toxic relationship. What do the psychologists actually say about people who are voluntarily engaging in this? Is this a safe and healthy way to deal with stress? I think with the psychologists, I think what they all kind of agreed on, I think like a general rule of thumb for anything is kind of like it's safe, but to a point. Mm. You have it in perspective and, you know, you aggress a little bit, but if it gets to a point where it interferes with your everyday life, if it gets to a point where it interferes with your relationships, then it does become a problem. 
And I think what adds another layer of complication is that age aggression is often kind of confounded with age play, which is another kind of very sort of closely linked kind of subculture again, but that's based on sort of BDSM. So that's like primarily a a sexual thing. Whereas the caregiver and the age aggressor in the subreddit I'm talking about, it is merely just like about age aggressing for self-soothing. Well, let's talk about the larger social dynamics that I see as linking both age regression and this more sexual side of age play. There is a cultural theorist named Matt Klein, who gets quoted in your article as well, who says that basically the reason people clump in age regression with age play is because sex in adulthood is one of the only acceptable forms of play that we still consider to be socially acceptable. But when Alex and I were talking about this article and when we first read it, I feel like we very much saw that idea and were like, well, no, like, like there are actually so many other acceptable forms of childhood play that have become so, so, so almost like cottage industries. Yeah, I, I used to work for Time Out and the most popular posts uh, in Time Out social media were things that I would basically broadly categorise as age regressive. Serial cafes, an adults-only night for a, like, world's largest bouncy castle. These were things that were hugely appealing to vast numbers of people. And if you look at popular culture, there's an entire industry of adult colouring books being published. The biggest movies in the world are comic book movies, which some people could reasonably argue are mostly for children. So I guess I understand that there is a degree of taboo that arises from behaviours that could be perceived as sexual, but in one one part of your piece, you interviewed a woman who said, I like to dress comfortably, colour in colouring books, watch kids' shows, play relaxing kids' games, cuddle with stuffed animals and eat children's food. What she's just described seems like the sort of standard go-to comfort behaviour of most young people and millennials online. So are we all age regressing? I think that, again, I think it all just sort of goes back to your kind of state of consciousness and your mindset at that time. Because like with age regression, it's almost like your consciousness changes. So it's like, I guess it'd be kind of like, me sitting down at 24 and uh, sort of colouring and wearing footy pyjamas isn't the same as a seven-year-old sitting down colouring and playing footy pyjamas. It kind of has different levels of significance and a different experience for both of them. And with the whole kind of a taboo around age aggression, like I think a lot of it is down to kind of like Lolita kind of image that kind of is perpetuated and associated I mean, I'd love to colour in a Lightning McQueen picture, but I guess like adult colouring books, they're kind of a lot more complex. There are a lot more kind of different stuff to do. Whereas like, you know, if an age aggressor is colouring, they'll colour literally like a colouring book for children. And I, I suppose you kind of mentioned that it's a state of dependence sometimes as well. So if an adult engages in kind of childlike activities, typically they can still sort of fend for themselves within that context. But you're saying that for many people who age regress, that ability to actually sort of snap out of it and 
function as an adult again to make their own macaroni and cheese isn't necessarily there. Yeah, it's physically like being a child in an adult's body. And again, for some people it is involuntary. Other people kind of volunteer to adopt almost that second persona. Like for some people on the subreddit, like when they are in that kind of a age regress state, the way they talk is sort of like baby talk. And it is kind of like, again, their means of communication is almost limited in some ways as well. And so for some people, a caregiver is like a matter of safety. Like one of the people I spoke to was saying like, for her, it's very important to have a caregiver around so they can sort of like stop her from, you know, like burning herself from the stove or like telling her like, you know, you're really tired, you should go to sleep. And I guess because it is linked to kind of trauma, a lot of people like, um, people I spoke to like on background as well, like um, the age at which they regress to is either before or equal to an age that kind of has significance to them for traumatic reasons. And so uh, it is kind of like yearning for a childhood that they, for some reason, didn't have. Charlotte, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Thank you. It was really nice to be here. So uh, thanks for inviting me. Michael, I don't know about you, but I spent all weekend and also every night trapped inside looking at the streaky panes of my windows and consuming content. I dare say you have done the same. What is top of your list this week? I unfortunately have to admit that I have only been watching University Challenge this week. (laughs) What is University Challenge? University Challenge is a British game show um, which pits like extremely nerdy and extremely refined university students. Like I'm talking like from Cambridge, from Oxford, from like all the old guard against each other um, in rounds of extremely esoteric knowledge um, until they find a winner. It's, it's essentially just trivia, but the kind of trivia that would be spoken about at an extremely long dining hall that dates back to 1066. Do they have a floor is lava round? <laughs> they absolutely do not, but... But that is so disappointing. <laughs> the, the reason I started watching this show is because I saw a clip that normally they get tested on their knowledge of like classical literature, random historical geography. This round was a popular music round where they were asked to identify the artist behind certain songs. For each of your bonuses, you'll hear a track by an artist performing their own material and a track by an artist they wrote for earlier in their career. And they played this track. And remember, I need two answers. <laughs> they played a Charlie XCX track, Vroom Vroom, for all the stands in the room. I never had this. Pass. When everyone was so dumbfounded. I love it by a kind of pop and Vroom Vroom by Charlie XCX. And it was just the greatest moment where I was like, this is the one question I could have answered in the entire show. It makes me sad to think that Oxbridge kids don't rave. It's so sad. Um, Alex, you have another piece of culture for our rainy days. My top of the list this week is a movie called I Want You Back, which just recently landed on Amazon Prime. It is a part of the streaming rom-com revival that I'm going to keep talking about and praying for until it actually properly happens. And it's basically Strangers on a Train for the Recently Dumped. It stars Jenny Slate, Charlie Day, and the excellent Gina Rodriguez. And it is just genuinely funny and a little bit romantic, something that Many rom-coms since the mid-aughts have not been either of. It just lets the actors be 
properly hilarious because they are all great comic actors and it doesn't really ask anything of you, but it also doesn't take anything away from you, which is where I'm at right now. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, you should absolutely subscribe to Save For Later wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave us a review, but only a nice one, please. This episode was produced by Miles Herbert and Joe Koning, who also handcrafted the music, executive produced by Miles Martignoni and Steph Harmon. We'll be here again next week, opening and minimising 100 tabs until our computers are full of bees. 